You're listening to The Esoterics Podcast. so good. I am really good today. It's the sun is starting to peak out here in um non-sunny Portland and yeah, it's a good day. What, what have you been you? doing lately? Um, you know, um I've been I've been in school. I've been um in my metalsmith class. That's been really really fun oh, cool. and I'm learning I'm learning how to master craftsmanship because I already know how to do the things in this segment of it, but mm-hmm. Um, I'm learning new techniques from uh, in a formal classroom setting. Yeah, but I'm learning how to focus on the craftsmanship of it, like the cleanup, the polishing, all that good stuff. So, mm. um, yeah, so that's been fun, um, and it's been really sunny and beautiful here in the city um, for the last week, with the exception of yesterday at rain. But it's just yeah. really unusual for January. So the other day, I took Hollis to this really cool place called Kelly. Point Park, uh-huh. um, and it's this. Um, it's where the Willamette River here and the Columbia River meet, um, oh, and okay. merge into the Columbia. So that's fun. So well, that's what I've been doing. What about you? I've been doing more creative projects at home, which <gasps> yeah, I've been good at like just collecting things. Just like oh, I'm just gonna buy this, and then eventually I'll do it, and then finally getting to the actual doing um yeah so I was like I've been doing some wire wrap jewelry just trying to learn how to do that and uh I was telling you how Charlie always my Charlie my parrot um always leaves me feathers um because that's all he does all day is grooms are, are they yellow they're green green oh he leaves me the green feathers yeah the mm-hmm. green ones yeah they're green they're really beautiful they're green a little bit of gray with a touch of blue oh they're, they're really beautiful feathers um so i've been ma- i made some earrings out of his feathers hey that's so exciting <laughs> that you'll have to you'll have to take a picture of yourself with them on and post it on it on instagram or, or um, three. y'all listen charlie is her parrot and he is the cutest little bird but he cannot be trusted <laughs> He He's will turn jerk. on you and bite you in a <laughs> minute. A he cannot be trusted at yeah. all. Yeah, but he's he is beautiful. So, so I'm gonna have some ethically sourced feather earrings. Nice, <laughs> nice. But yeah, other than that, yeah, it's it's been cool though. Um, actually, it'll, it'll be perfect for for the what we're talking about today. But we'll get to that. So I um, hope that we can both put together some jewelry and bracelets and earrings and pendants and stuff to have for sale at the retreat. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah. Not going to be super expensive, but, awesome. you know, yeah, yes. it's fun for people to buy some of our jewelry. We'll, we'll see how many feathers uh, Charlie drops between now and then. <laughs> right? I would love a pair of Charlie earrings. <laughs> All right. Uh, so let's get into our announcements. Actually, that's perfect more details on that said retreat our retreat is coming up that is going to take place may 27th through may 29th in west olive michigan so this is just minutes from the lake michigan shore it's a short walk yep yes 
So as of today, when this episode airs, our price is now eight eight eight. So this is available with a payment plan. So we can be flexible for everyone, make this fit your budget. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. We also have add-ons available for a small group up to six people. This is a private integration time with Joe and I on Monday the 30th. You, you can extend your stay one day. Everything's included, um, um, you know, food and lodging and all that stuff, I think, is included. Yeah. So for more details, make sure to see the link on, in the show notes of this episode, and that's esotericspodcast.com. That is a great announcement. I'm so excited. And what do you have, Joe? Uh, well, I am once again offering a live class. Um, I stopped doing that and changed to digital video classes um, just because I had other things in my life, but now some space is opening up. Um, I have an intuitive development live four-week work group. This is being held over Zoom, and in this work group, we're going to do things a little bit differently. Okay. I'm going to teach you how to harness Akashic energy to connect with your intuition and your higher self. Um, And this is just going to help you strengthen your relationship with your higher self and develop your intuitive abilities by being able to tap into that energy. Um, And here's the thing too, if you don't consider yourself intuitive or you're worried that you're not skilled enough to join this work group, just know that anyone can do this. It doesn't take any special ability other than strong intention, which we'll cover, and the belief that you absolutely are capable of receiving answers from your soul, answers from your higher self, which you all. So we'll just work on that mindset a little bit and get everybody ready to tap into that energy. It's a four-week class. It takes place on Sundays. And I'm also offering two time slots each day or each Sunday so that you have options, right? You can make the earlier one, which is in um, Pacific Standard Time, or the later one, which is better for um, Eastern Standard Time people. Um, And then all of the details, what you'll learn in each week, um, all of that, the link to enroll is all on, it's in the Esoterics community, it's on the um, Akashic Studio page, it's on, um, we'll put up a, 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 put it on the um, Esoterics podcast page. Yeah. Um, And then, um, so so there's lots of ways to join, um, but enrollment is just $111 $111 for four weeks and it breaks down to $30 a session. Well, actually like 27. Um, but listen, you guys, the weeks cannot be purchased individually. This is a package only because each week is going to build off the week prior. And so reference materials are going to be provided. Um, you'll get a download after the class, but here's the thing. If you are unable to make a specific session, you'll be given the link. Um, but each work group, session is live. So enrolling is a commitment and sessions won't be recorded, but I may convert this to a downloadable class in the future. So just know that um, I'm really excited to share all of this with you. If you can't make a session, I will work with you, but but know that it's a commitment and you don't want to miss out um, if you don't have to. Yep. That's a steal too at that price. It, it really is. And I was um, like, well, and I wasn't struggling with it because, you know, of the money. I was struggling with it because I want people to value it, be committed, and really um, feel like it's a valued service, but I also want it to be affordable. Yep. And so, you know, yeah, so that's it. That's all I have for my enrollments or for my um, announcements. What are we talking about today? Today we are talking about the inner child and (gasps) 
shadow work around the inner child. Yay. I, yes. We, we, we mentioned this a little bit in last week's episode. And so yeah. um, I'm excited about it because a lot of people need it this week, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like today is going to be a loud Charlie day because he's just going off in the background. So if you just hear beeps, it's not my smoke alarm. It's It's Charlie. Charlie. Mm-hmm. So just mm-hmm. FYI, because <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to be able to go down there and turn uh, them off. <laughs> it's not loud. I mean, I can hear him in the background too, but it's not, it's not, it's not loud. It's not even distracting. He just beeps. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> he's chirping. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. So, okay. So inner child healing, um, we're, I'm going to talk about who the inner child is and signs you may need this and but first, I got to say before we get into this is if you saw the title of today's episode and you thought, hmm, I might skip this one, that might be a sign that you need to do this work. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, have you done inner child work for a long time, Joe? Or when when do you feel like you first started doing that? Um, gosh, you know, I, my started my journey in 2014 and Mm -hmm. it started with shadow work. Mm -hmm. Um, that was sort of how I got my foot in the door. So, but yeah, I do inner child work even today. If I'm upset with something, I'll ask, well, what does the child need? Yeah. Um, so yes, but no, I'm, I'm excited to get this refresher. So, okay. So we've, we've discussed shadow work before, so I'm going to break down each topic along the way for anyone that maybe is this their first time and haven't been exposed to any of this um, shadow work is essentially bringing up the awareness of the parts of yourself this is this goes back to Jungian psychology about the parts of ourselves that we repress because we deem them quote-unquote like bad or like negative or whatever although I would say that it's not a good idea to label any parts of yourself, good or bad. But so things like anger, frustration, resentment, jealousy, uh, those are, I would say, like the shadow aspects of a person. So that's shadow work. Shadow work is essentially just bringing awareness to these parts of ourselves. And like, um, it's like pulling out the a plant and like you're pulling out the roots and then you're taking a look at like, where is this coming from? How is the root system of this? You know, how does it look and is it looking healthy? Um, and it's not about getting rid of your shadow aspects. Your shadow aspects are going to be part of you. It's more about integrating them and understanding what triggers you and where that comes from. And then once you really bring awareness to the triggers and where it all stems from, you can very much more easily get over it and, and work through it and live to essentially your highest self after that. And then who is the inner child? So the inner child is actually the representation of of ourselves at various times during our lives. So during our childhood, during our adolescence. So we can have different versions of the inner child at the different ages. It just kind of happens on, depends on what, what happened during those times. So this part of us is usually very connected to our natural enthusiasm, our curiosity, our creativity, um, our imagination, all these things that we experienced when we were children. When it comes to the inner child, these experiences that happen to us, they can be traumas and, uh, and it's funny because my sister and I talked about this and 
when we talk about traumas and our wounds that we gather as we're when we're children when you're thinking back and you come up with something it's really important to not try to like put it on a scale compared to other people you can put it on a scale I guess compared to yourself like you know shit that happened along your life but but it's not the trauma olympics so don't you know like just because you somebody somebody you know was like kidnapped and you know awful things happened to them doesn't mean that like because your mom yelled at you like that you you're not also damaged you know what I mean so so it's really important to not compare traumas to other people because it doesn't matter like if it affected you it affected you and that's it that's all that matters um and then that's where this process starts as far as recognizing what you need to do or what you can do um, and working through that. So there's a few signs that you may need to do some healing on your inner child. So the first one is feeling highly reactive. So sometimes when our inner child appears in our daily lives and we find ourselves being like quickly reactive to situations or suddenly feeling very irritated or very detached usually that's it's like our adult self is trying to manage or control what's going on on the outside but that's like the inner child kind of like coming in and again we talked about this before about the ego, right? The ego is trying to protect us and the ego is formed by the inner child. So a lot of times people who haven't done inner child work have an out of control ego. Um, so that's, again, um, that's all connected. So connected again to that, to the ego thing too, maybe overvaluing independence is on another sign that your inner child needs healing. It can be that like, no, I'm great alone. Like I'm super independent. I don't need anyone. Like I don't need help and all that. That a lot of times comes from how we grew up. Like we didn't, maybe we didn't have that help growing up or we were punished for asking for help um, or we felt alone. So instead of work, understanding that we just grew into what we felt like we needed to grow into, which was becoming super independent. And like, no, I, okay, I don't have anyone. So I, that means that I don't need anyone and I'm just going to do this for myself and I'm never going to ask for help. And that. so if you feel that that might describe you, that might be a sign that you need some inner child work. Another is destructive coping behaviors. So these are things like too much alcohol or too much shopping, cheating, gambling, too much food, or mm-hmm. even chronic procrastination. Again, these are just things of, um, a lot of this is um, either trying to bury the emotion, right? Like alcohol does that, um, food does that. Um, and then with the shopping, cheating, and all that that's more like instant gratification like I don't know how to meet my own needs so I'm looking for outside sources to make me feel better girl I was a chronic shopper 
um, in my like 20s and 30s and even my 40s. Mm-hmm. Um, whoa, I would get paid and I would go buy a brand new outfit. And mm-hmm. oh, I was I was all about clothes. You know, some people are about household stuff, not me. Yeah. I was all about clothes. Oh, I had, I had the best wardrobe, but yeah. it was all you know, trauma response shopping. So yeah, I I was the same way. But I mine came from because my mom is a child of a narcissist. So my mom had a lot of stuff that she obviously needed to work through herself that you know, she maybe didn't. And um, so she had she was physically abused, verbally abused. Um, So she had trouble like like not what's the word not nurturing like making us basically making us feel better especially after she lashed out and she had a tendency to really lash out so the way that she would try to comfort us after she'd done something like that was to buy us stuff like that's how she showed affection she she only knew how to show affection through like buying you things Mm -hmm. um so yeah, and that transferred over into like me being an adult and like just mm-hmm. buying shit and you know. Nah. But once I recognize like, oh, that's where that comes from. Like I really allow myself to um, not do that for myself anymore, unless just really evaluating like, do I need this? Do I want this? Where is this gonna go? Is it going to take up space in my life that I'm not going to be willing to put in the energy long term like there's all this like these things that go into it now like even I was thinking about this morning have you heard of the water pick toothbrush the um, water pick yeah thing for your teeth mm-hmm. okay I have very limited countertop space in my bathroom right now mm-hmm. so I don't want to do it because it's going to take up space in you know, in my room, in my life that I'm don't, that I don't want to give up. Like, I don't want to give up countertop space. That's important to me. <laughs> but it's a water pick toothbrush. You know what? When I, when I get my next house and I have more room and I can redesign my bathroom, I'm going to design it around you having a place to put my water pick where it's not going to look ugly. So. No. Okay. Yeah. Nice. I like so it. I'm, I, look I have to plans. But for now, that's a no. (laughs) Okay. All right. All right. So another sign that you may need to do some inner child healing is poor emotional and mental health. So this can come up in a lot of ways, like Mm -hmm. depression or just feeling unmotivated, especially when you like consistently feel unmotivated. It's normal to have your ups and downs. That's just human nature. But when you consistently feel unmotivated, um, when you want more and more time alone, um, or even just like away from your friends, avoiding that that avoidance thing can manifest in different ways. Um, not wanting to have sex or wanting more sex to keep the partner connected, like you don't, yeah. you're not capable of feeling the connection to your partner outside of sex. Mm-hmm. Sleep difficulties, weight gain or weight loss, um, not feeling as focused or productive at work. And increase anxiety in different areas of your life. You know, the interesting thing about all of this is that, you know, I can look at these and I can say, oh, you know, I'm I'm struggling with my up level right now. Um, and I'm experiencing, you know, all of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's 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 interesting how these these manifestations of our emotional health show up um, how, uh, they, how they show up. 
yeah. um, where you can see them in, in pretty much any circumstance, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Another reason, another, yeah, another symptom, and this one's a big one, is repeating patterns in your relationships. So yeah. I think we see this one all the time. The most, the one that comes like real, like comes to mind first for me is the relationship of, of women um, who encounter very toxic men and like find themselves in the repeated cycle of a relationship with a toxic man, just a different guy, same shit. And a lot of it stems from the relationship that they had with their own father or sometimes even with their own mother. And again, that's that inner child that was lacking something as, Mm -hmm. as a child, but it's a trauma response in the way of it's, it's so like, it, I don't even know what the word for it, but okay. The idea that with the, in the trauma brain, that it's much more comfortable to be in a relationship with someone that is familiar, that feels familiar to you in that way. Like if your mm-hmm. father was an awful man who was maybe emotionally avoidant to you and verbally abusive, that familiarity is more comforting than someone who treats you right and someone like because that in again in the trauma brain and in that wounded inner child it's like no I I know this man that's my dad and so because I know him like that is safer it is safer to stick to what you know in the trauma brain than to venture out into the unknown because that feels more unsafe Well, and also as the child, you learn to develop coping mechanisms and skills to handle that discomfort um, specifically. So even though that comfort comes not from the fact that it's actually comforting, Mm -hmm. it comes from the fact that you say, I know how to handle this. I can, I know how to handle this. And that's when your negative coping skills and mechanisms Mm -hmm. come into play. And that's where the cycle starts. But, but, but yeah, that comfort is it's not actual comfort. Yeah. I think it's more familiarity, yeah, familiarity. or mm-hmm. the ability to, or you know, the, or deal. just the comfort of familiarity, which that yes. is, it really shouldn't be a thing, but it, it is. And it's just yeah. how we work. Yeah. It's sad because it comes familiarity and comfort and familiarity when it's in a good situation, like family yeah. and friends, it's, it's, it's the most amazing feeling, mm-hmm. but yeah, I just, oh, this makes me so sad for everybody's inner child. It's like, no, they all need hugs. Yeah. So the way that these things can manifest, uh, these repeating patterns can manifest are being avoidant during a conflict or when a partner brings up their feelings. That's usually maybe the way that a caregiver would yeah. approach you when you. Yeah, my mom did that shit. They would just ignore you, give you the silent treatment, just mm-hmm. pretend like it didn't happen. Or yep. call you to fr- tell you that you're overreacting mm-hmm. and uh, gaslighting and hysterical. Mm-hmm. Uh, being dismissive of a partner's needs or your own needs in the relationship, like putting the other person's needs first. This happens a lot, especially when someone's like the oldest child and they were made to basically be the caregiver for everyone else. And it was they were made to feel like their needs didn't matter. Um, gaslighting yourself into believing that there are aren't problems when there are or vice versa or that you're the problem Mm -hmm. yeah i've seen this that one i've seen with um people who are like no everything's fine everything's great but it's like well what if what if that's your trauma response (laughs) is like no everything's fine everything's great everything's always fine everything's Mm -hmm. great so you're never you never allow yourself 
to not be okay. And sometimes it's normal for all of us to have a day when we're just not okay. Um, <laughs> another um, way that these uh, attachment patterns can look like is being anxious or fearful within the relationship, therefore trying to please the partner above everything else. And then also having a deep fear of being abandoned or rejected by your partner. It's important to remember that you're not only feeling your own emotions, but you're also feeling the um, responses and the triggers and the emotions of the other person. So, you know, when you're um, feeling anxious or fearful, um, it's because you're feeling you know, double the emotions or double the fear, or you know, this person's getting upset or angry or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it, you know, those patterns can be tied to your empathic ability, which is why it's even more important to learn how to manage your empathic abilities and your, your energy and, and that sort yep. of thing. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely. The being an empath is, because you can already feel that person's reaction when you can, you're yep before <laughs> it even before it's even coming you know and <laughs> you know and then um you know the other things that you're that you talked about like um having a deep fear of being abandoned or rejected um yeah yeah that's and, and huge yeah and it's shitty how some of those things can form because yeah mm-hmm. sometimes they can be from our caregivers from our parents from our family mm-hmm. but sometimes it's also if you were bullied Yep. If you were bullied in school, the way that you mm-hmm. were treated by other kids, mm-hmm. um, if you were felt excluded, yep. that, you know, that can form those rejections, um, the fear of abandonment because you're, you know, the feel uh, the fe- that feeling of being left out. Um, yep. Yeah. It can manifest in a lot of different ways. So it's not always a lot of different ways, like directly our parents, but yeah, it can just be from our environment who we were around. Okay. So after all of this, Now, we talk about how to connect with the inner child and how to do the work. So first, I think it's just understanding the pain equation to stop suffering. So if you have pain and you multiply that by resistance, that equals suffering. So the best thing you can do, like an equation, is subtract the resistance, right? So we take away the resistance and then we can ease the suffering. So when we do this... With inner child work, I would say out of all the different types of shadow work that you can do, inner child work can be really fun. And it doesn't, it really, like where, where some of the other stuff is kind of, um, you get into your journal prompts and it feels like a lot more work. Um, because with the inner child, the intention behind it is that you're trying to connect with them through their language and remembering that the language that you understood as a child was more emotionally based and like you you were more receptive to people's physical cues and remembering how things felt in your body like f- things felt in your body a lot stronger when you were smaller like that feeling like you know when you're getting yelled at or like you're right. getting in trouble like you just feel it in your stomach um or when when you would cry and how it was like the crying would get stuck and then you're like you know you like you couldn't breathe and all all those those ways that it was definitely much more, the emotion was so much more physically based than it may be as an adult. So when we get into doing this work, you're trying to connect with this child through these physical reactions. Um, 
but on that positive note of remembering like what felt good in your body, like what felt really good to you and um, maybe that feeling of like swinging on a swing and like when it feels like your, you know, your guts are like flying out. <laughs> like, right. It was fun. Yeah, fun. It's fun. Yeah. And it, and it brings back these joyous times. Um, so one uh, simple way to connect with your inner child is you can do it through a guided meditation. There's plenty of them out there on YouTube. Um, that helps, especially if you had a, like a especially traumatic childhood. Um, just note that that child may not uh, easily come to you. They may be pretty reluctant at first to come and and be close to you because they're not used to it. Um, but take your time with that and be gentle with yourself. Um, but an easy way to do it is do activities that you enjoyed as a child. So if it was like coloring in a coloring book, um, jumping rope, going outside, climbing a tree, um, being out in nature. I used to love like concocting things of just mixing plants together and adding water and whatever and like making potions it didn't make any sense <laughs> <laughs> but I love doing that shit um, yeah. that's past life recall right there <laughs> yeah dressing up um laughing using your imagination your sense of wonder like whatever allows you to connect with that uh, playing catch or doing like a relay race or going maybe to like an amusement park, playing bumper cars, um, things like that. They can they can just help you take um, that play into a physical form. Um, another really good way that I personally enjoy is, um, and it, this is pretty nostalgic, right? But consuming media or if, if you don't have access to like toys that you play with, because that can get expensive, like my husband has um, Star Wars toys that his mom actually like kept for him since his childhood. Like he has like the original like late 70s, early 80s, like authentic uh, Star Wars toys. And nice. those things are expensive. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Right. But it's crazy how, you know, you, like he plays with them with our son and you can just see like the that inner child like come how it comes out it's really beautiful um but if you don't mm -hmm. have access to the toys um watching uh there's plenty of commercials that are available on youtube like you can watch like remember like whatever your favorite toy was like i know i didn't have like necessarily a favorite toy but i always wanted um what's the the little oven thing like the easy bake oven the easy bake oven i always wanted an easy bake oven but i love those girl i got one of those as an adult and i made pies and cakes <laughs> and everything tasted like shit but i did not care <laughs> i was like I, i'll eat this fucking pie that tastes like shit because it made it in my easy bake oven yeah so see that's a great that's a great inner child practice right there um okay so my sister and i'll put these i'll link these in the in the show notes my sister took a coding class and I don't know if it was a class project that they did. I think it was a class project that they did. They made these websites called my90stv.com and they also have a my80stv.com. And it's so cool. Like it has all these different channels that you can tune into. And so you can, yes, yeah, so you can do music, commercials, soap operas, like anything from your childhood that you watch. And obviously the cartoons, animations, they're all <gasps> on there. Yeah. Oh, I loved the sa Saturday morning cartoons. I've said this before. The kids these days, they have no, no idea. None. That's, 
man, from the time you woke up until like noon, yeah. it was nothing but yeah. badass cartoons, Flintstones and Scooby Doo, and you know Tom and Jerry, and yep. those are those are super old school. But then like <laughs> the Laugh Olympics, and you know Josie and the Pussycats, all mm-hmm. that stuff. Yeah bomb yeah and yeah and it's it was cool i remember being a kid and watching tom and jerry and um and just looney tunes in general and my mom watching it and being like oh i watched this when i was a kid Mm -hmm. and i'd be like oh well let's watch it together and it was something that we did together just briefly Mm -hmm. but yeah like 90s 90s tv especially because a lot of us 90s kids were unfortunately raised by the TV. <laughs> right. It's true. It's we true. Really, really worse. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of content on there. So anyway, those websites are really cool to get into like that energy and allowing yourself to just like laugh and enjoy and just uh, tune into that part of yourself that maybe it's been a long time since you tuned into that. So mm-hmm. it's cool. It's just reconnecting. Um, so that, that, those are all like easy, fun ways to connect with that inner child. Um, other ways that you can nurture your inner child are by reinforcing, nurturing messages and behaviors that maybe you didn't get as a child. So if you had a difficult relationship with your mother, you can mother yourself. That's right. not that's not something that is exclusive to only your mother. Like now you are an adult and you can take these internalized negative beliefs that we may have you know, put on, on ourselves, um, and eliminate those messages that we got from you as we're, as we were children, like, like maybe we weren't good enough or we weren't efficient, quick, quick, quick enough. Like, you know, we're always rushing, like hurry up, um, that we weren't strong or brave or whatever it was. It's just a list. Um, so try listening to yourself and give yourself, uh, I think I talked about this, touched on this last week of that, self um self validation self affirming messages saying things to yourself like i'm proud of you i love you or i am listening because a lot of times it's just like we didn't have somebody who actually listened to us so the more you connect with with the actions with those words just keep keep saying these things to yourself um so for example if you promise that you can take a break from work and read a few pages of your favorite book or that you'll put your phone away for an hour before bed so you can get a good night's rest. These are things that are important to keep promises to yourself because this is what fosters trust within yourself and therefore trust with your inner child. That's beautiful. Um, uh, And then a a fun uh, astrology way to look at inner child, inner child work is look at your fifth house in astrology um, because the fifth house is the house of play and creativity. So it's most associated with children and childhood. So the placements of this can give you a hint as to what your relationship to childhood is. It can give you a deeper understanding of your own inner child. The fourth house is about where we came from and the stability around the home. Your placements in this house may give you insight into your childhood and provide clarity on how you were shaped into who you are today. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's beautiful yeah um a lot of times with the inner child it's just the that feeling of feeling neglected um so when that this happens your adult will feel neglected as well so this energy energy just gets mirrored back so a lot of times um if we felt this way as an inner as a child then we project these things out onto other people as adults um but 
so when you start building this relationship, it's not just healing that little kid. It's also healing for yourself as the adult. And it allows you to just be more able, capable of uh, handling your the challenges that come up on your life and having a lot of compassion for yourself. And mm-hmm. that self-compassion is what helps foster a healthy and happy relationship with yourself and then in turn it can also create uh, give you some creative outlets um, that help you form more meaningful relationships and foster a sense of adventure for yourself as an adult I love that that's beautiful yeah and lastly it's so when you're doing this work it doesn't mean that you're avoiding growing up um, when you know you're going out to look for your inner child it's more of an indicator that you're ready to face your past and that in itself is one of the bravest things that you can do for yourself mm. <gasps> I love that the, yes. so, this is such good information especially for people that don't know you know, how to even start doing shadow mm-hmm. work, mm-hmm. Um, you know, because it's it's a key phrase or, you know, yeah. a key word or whatever. Yeah. And people are like, what does that even mean? And honestly, as much as shadow work is based in um, Jungian psychology, yeah. you know, his stuff is super dry and <laughs> ew, it's like fucking tole, right? It's just boring and it's it doesn't make any sense. And I'm like, I hate this. I hate this. But yeah. The concepts when somebody takes them in a contempt, puts them in a contemporary format are life changing. So, yeah. Yeah. And it, like I said, it doesn't have to be something tedious or like boring. Like it can be something as simple as like, what was your favorite ice cream when you were a kid and yeah. allowing yourself to have one of those, like, and mm-hmm. connecting with it, like, Hey, like we're, you know, we're doing this, mm-hmm. we're having this, like, and then allowing yourself to get back into that memory of how mm-hmm. good that felt, or how fun that helped. Or like, if you were the kid who like always wanted an ice cream from the, from the ice cream truck, but like your parents never let you get one or whatever it was, like mm-hmm. you went somewhere and you always wanted to get that thing. And they're always like, no, no, you can't have it. Mm-hmm. And no, go to the store and get it for yourself. Right. <laughs> like you are allowed to have the thing that you always wanted to have. Like let that kid have it. Exactly. And it's also important to remember that inner child work is just one piece of the shadow work puzzle. Mm -hmm. There's, oh my gosh, there's so much to it, but this is the piece that helps you, um, you know, sort of get over, I don't know, get over, but, you know, cope with or gives you coping mechanisms for, um, you know, when you peel that onion and the whole, yeah. it all boils down to the fact that your inner child isn't getting their needs met. Yeah. And so yeah. what you can do to meet them in the moment that help can help alleviate some of the trauma. Yeah. And definitely understanding too, though, that um, this work is ongoing. Like yeah. Joe said in the beginning, I mean, like, you know, when your journey started and, and it started and you did some work around there too, but it's consistent because yep. it, it, there are parts um, of yourself that are going to pop up just throughout your life and as situations arise where you're you might feel triggered or you might feel like some of those shadow aspects just pop up and and it's one it's recognizing like oh like that doesn't feel right where does that come from yep. and then allowing yourself to dig into that like okay where does this where is this coming from what does this remind me of um when have I felt like this before Yep. And 
getting to the bottom of it and then allowing yourself to work through it so that you can just release it or integrate it into into your life and so that it doesn't have to bother you so much anymore. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Okay. Yeah. So that's all I had for you today. Well, thank you so much. It's such good information. You guys bookmark this episode um, and you'll want to refer back to it. Um, yeah. You know. Yeah. And also if you did want more details on in each of my three shadow work classes, both the introduction, the manifestation and the finance one, we do talk about the inner child and how certain things from our childhood um, contribute to shadow aspects around manifestation and around finance. So these are things that are integrated. So if you want more detailed guided work with journal prompts and all that, my classes are on my website. So that's all in our, in our show notes, but yeah, definitely you have anything for the, um, have anything for the, um, the closing vibe today? I do actually. Um, so I want to talk today about karmic debt, um, because a lot of people, um, that book an Akashic reading, they want to know what karma, um, has accumulated over their lifetimes and what do they need to do about it? So I just want to do some clarification on it, that karmic debt, the goal is not to have an absence of karma. Um, it's important to remember that we are here incarnate because we have karma to work out and thus lessons to learn. So there's no, I don't know that there's any way that you could ever completely balance your karma. I mean, I bet you even the Dalai Lama has freaking karma. You know what sure. I mean? Or, yeah. you know, Mother Teresa. Because I heard she was a jerk, if, to be honest. Like, I heard that she was... <laughs> she sounds, sounds kind of mean. She was mean. She was a mean little fucking bugger. And, <laughs> but she did the work of God. So it's like, look the right. other way. Look the other way. Yeah. Anyway, so you know she's got some karma. She needs to. Anyway, so <laughs> it, it, when it comes to karmic debt, every single soul blueprint contains karma in either the form of debt or lessons, okay? And mm -hmm. so just briefly, lessons are skills that you have to learn to develop in your current lifetime. We'll talk about those in the future. But right now we're going to focus on debt, and that's based on decisions that were made in your past or a past mm -hmm. lifetime. All right. So the universal call law of karma states that we are held responsible for our actions and more precisely for the intention behind those actions. So, wow. you know, I mean, you know, those people who um, do these nice things, but the intention is to get rewarded or recognized. Mm -hmm. And so that's mm -hmm. that's karma, man. Um, and, but karma is not all about cosmic justice or divine retribution or punitive actions. It's not, it's, it's important to know because from the perspective of spirit, there's no need for cosmic justice because there's no such thing as cosmic injustice. Um, oh, okay. so the example that I gave, and I did a live on this in the Facebook group. Um, so you can check that out. It's got, um, a forecast and other things in it, but an example is that um, I was helping um, a state police cadet solve um, a cold case using my mm -hmm. psychic medium abilities. And um, the victim told me um, that, you know, justice is a human construct. So when I asked the spirit, do you want to identify your killer or anything like that? And they were uh -huh. super ambivalent about it. They're like, yeah, no, justice is a human construct. It's, it has nothing to do uh -huh. with us. So at that point, I was like... <laughs> All right, we're done here. 
<laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, she was kind of a jerk, but you know, in a very ambivalent way. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. anyway, so um, souls tend to commit karmic acts also in the early stages of their reincarnations. So remember, um, what episode was it where we talked about, we, there were several that we talked about baby souls, young souls, old souls. Oh, it was soul groups and soul families. Yeah. It was the was the episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then when they, they tend to reincarnate, like young baby souls tend to reincarnate in very, um, in geographies and civilizations that are, or there's a lot of fighting and stuff like that, like the Middle it East was, and stuff. Mm-hmm. It was episode nine ah, for oh, anyone that wants okay. to. Okay. So dig into that because it's super interesting. Um, but souls tend to commit karmic acts um, in the early stages of the reincarnation when they have less experience of being a human or human experiences or human existence, I should say. Um, and those typical acts are murder, rape, imprisonment. It's where one person imposes something on another against their will. Um, uh-huh. And so, you know, that's when you um, accumulate karma um, for your acts. Um, there's no karmic debt for acts that are accidental or not by choice. Right. You know, that's, there's, that's not karma. Now I'm not saying what, that, what I, what I, what I think that means is that there's no karmic accrual because who's to say that if you accidentally hit somebody and take their life, you then have to experience, you know, all of the repercussions of that. But if they took your life, in a previous, then that's the balancing of karma. So there might be some karmic balancing in um, acts that are accidental or not by choice, but definitely not a karmic accrual. Okay. Um, We are constantly in the process of accruing in or balancing our karmic debts um, for uh, our debts of responsibility for our actions. And so we carry that karma forward from one lifetime into the next to pay off those debts rather than accruing new ones. Um, So that's sort of explains what I was just talking about. Um, And then when we get that debt, we either find ourselves presented with the same lesson again and again within one lifetime until we gain the wisdom and value of the lesson that's being presented um, or uh, we reincarnate and carry the karma over from one, one lifetime to the next. So, you know, if you have this karmic debt and then you're killed in a lifetime and you still haven't balanced that debt, then in the next lifetime, you're going to ask to be, um, you're going to be asked to address that, readdress that. Hmm. Um, but it, the thing is, is that also is that our higher self is very patient with our process of learning. So the higher self is like, there, take your time, take your time. <laughs> and I'm not going to cut you any slack cause it has to be addressed. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so that's basically, um, you know, what I wanted to talk about is that karma is about the opportunity to balance by being given the opportunity to balance by making Mm -hmm. different choices than those that actually caused our karmic debt in the first place. And that is in a nutshell, a spiritual growth. So, um, you know, maybe that wraps it up for some people because I know a lot of people are, are, um, you know, worried about karmic debt and, uh, you know, afraid of it and all that stuff. And it's, it's not a, it's not a huge, a huge, um, it's not as big as people think it is, I guess is what I would say. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's that. Oh, thank you. You're very welcome. Thank you. Okay, guys. 
Um, well, thanks for joining us. You can find us on all the socials under Esoterics Podcast and be sure to join our Facebook community, the Esoterics Community, um, where we'll tell you firsthand about all of our services, events, courses, um, as well as intuitive development tips, card pulls, free meditations, lives. I'm going to start doing a bunch of more lives more. Hopefully, Fiora will too. Um, and just a lot more. Yeah, and if you t- enjoyed today's episode, please share with a friend. It would mean the world to us as it's as easy as sharing a screenshot on your Insta stories and tagging yeah. us. And thank you all for sharing space with us today. Stay mystical, magical, and ready to do it again next week. Bye, guys. See you, See you later.